0: Just keep improving and growing, but don't let your obsession with perfection and finding the best keep you from starting
1: to grow. Because some people view it as a security thing. Some people view it as a status thing. Some people feel like they got to hold on to every penny. Other people just spend money because, because of their backgrounds. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. I'm Dylan Pollack.
0: And I'm Rebecca Brooks. And And we're we're Rad Rad Coaches. Coaches.
1: And we help purpose-driven people eliminate financial stress and maximize their income so they can focus on the more important things in life, like spending more time with their friends and family, giving generously, and living a life full of purpose.
0: Because the world needs more good, wealthy people. Welcome to this episode of the Rad Money Podcast. Today, we are talking about the top money challenges that we see again and again when folks come to us about our financial coaching services.
1: Yep, and some of these challenges we've even faced ourselves. So today we're just trying to cover some common ground that everybody seems to share when it comes to their personal financial journey when they're getting started or wanting to take it seriously and make improvements. They always seem to come across these same handful of problems, maybe one or a couple of them. So today our goal is just to share some of these, shed some light on them, and educate you.
0: Hopefully just by learning about these challenges and identifying them in yourself, seeing like, oh, yeah, I've definitely thought of it that way. Just that in and of itself is the beginning of overcoming these challenges. And honestly, just a lot of them really have to do with mindset.
1: You'll notice the trend around here is about the mindset and most of the things that are going on with your personal finances. It's a it's a mental game.
0: Yeah, just the way that you think about your money, your quote money mindset. We'll do a whole podcast on what that really even means. But it is very important and it's really valuable. So just by changing the way that you look at some of these things is going to allow you to actually overcome them and start to really make some big progress.
1: Yeah. So with that, why don't we just dive right in today? Yeah, totally. And let's start with the very first challenge that people have waiting to get started with their personal financial journey. So we're going
0: to start with waiting to get
1: started. That's right. <laughs> well, just...
0: Why not? Yeah, this one is huge. I see this all the time. I talk about this one. I feel like a lot. It's not even so much procrastination, but they love to tell themselves this story, this like internal narrative that they'll wait for the quote unquote right time to get serious about their finances.
1: The way I see it with waiting to get started is that there's never a perfect time to get going, but we keep finding ways to delay getting started. It's like, oh, I know it's a good idea to take care of my personal finances. I know I need to save more. I probably should pay off some of those student loan debts. I need to start investing. But now it's just not a great time.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that what I hear a lot of people saying is, Oh, well, I'll wait until I make this certain level of income. Right. Oh, I'll wait until I find out what's happening with the student loan
1: for Barron. Yep.
0: Oh, I'll wait until I get this promotion. I'll wait until the kids get older. I'll wait until, I'll wait until, I'll wait until.
1: And then- All of a sudden- all the, it All the time has passed and there's no more time to get anything done.
0: Or there's still time, but not as much. And you, you know, we talk about compound interest and all that sort of stuff when it comes to- our personal finances, that's very important. So you you lose the benefit from that. But also now all of a sudden you're say 35, 40 and you're playing catch up.
1: Yeah, that can be very stressful for oh my sure. Gosh. And, and you shouldn't play the comparison game, but when you get to 35, 40 years old and you haven't gotten started, it's hard not to play the comparison game and you feel like you start falling behind your peers or that you should have been at a certain point if you've waited too long to get going, well,
0: and you can just completely take other people out of it. I think you know we're we're almost thirty five, and like I say, you're you are just putting a lot more pressure on how much you need to save for say retirement, or if you're not a homeowner yet, you're you're just putting a whole lot of pressure on a smaller amount of time to have to save that money, invest that money, and then again, you've lost out on a lot of time in the market. So that's really challenging. So. Really want you to break through this mindset that there's a perfect time to get started. The only perfect time to get started is today, right now, this minute. And there's no better time. If you are time-starved like most of us are, make the space. You you just have to.
1: Yeah, you really do. And people feel like they got to do a lot. All at once. once. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, You don't have to do everything all at once. And we'll get into this. This is kind of like leaning into one of the other categories that we're going to talk about, a common challenge, but you don't have to do everything at once. You just have to pick one thing and it can be small. It can be a small thing. It probably should be. Yeah. And just start now. That's really the key is to just decide that one thing is important and get going.
0: Yeah, exactly. Don't look at your entire personal financial picture all at once put some bumpers on it but just say what's one thing that i can start right now that you know i spend a couple minutes a day a couple minutes a week and i'm going to actually start to make just consistent progress over time if you haven't noticed we're big fans of consistent progress over time
1: yep exactly (laughs) this is
0: not an overnight sort of thing but
1: no honestly could be another episode Talking about why you don't want to get rich overnight. You don't want that. To There's a happen whole lot to, of reasons. Yeah, yeah I mean, you want consistent, steady success to wealth building and your career and all of that.
0: Yeah, it just leads yeah. to to more happiness. Yeah. So with that, one find one thing, do it now, put it on your calendar. That's a great step that you can take right now.
1: Right. It's all about just creating forward progress essentially and like momentum creates more momentum if you're moving you're going to keep moving i know it sounds so simple and kind of silly for me to say th- say it in that way but
0: inertia baby
1: yeah you got to get up and you got to start moving and in motion. as you start moving you'll pick up speed and you'll learn new things and it'll get easier over time
0: yeah exactly so look at it in small steps if you catch yourself with this money challenge in particular of waiting for the perfect time. Just, I'm going to crush your dreams right now. That perfect time doesn't exist. So just find something really small that you can do (laughs) right now. Do it today. Do it this week. And that's how you're going to start to overcome that challenge. Boom. I think that that leads us very well into the next topic. What do you think, Dylan? Oh, definitely. And it's the antithesis of what we just told you to do, right? Right. Just take one step at a time. But the person who struggles with this is that they're overthinking everything.
1: Well, to be fair, I can totally relate to the concept that fixing my financial problems or becoming wealthy needs to be really complicated. It feels that way until you understand how to to manage your finances, but it always just seems like it can't be that easy.
0: But hard doesn't necessarily mean complicated. I think that's something that people get kind of confused because, you know, we achieved Financial freedom with the same math as like a fourth grader. Yeah. Good you know, it's, it's not super hard. The, the steps to financial freedom in particular are actually extremely easy. Now, do you need a lot of discipline? Do you need a lot of self-control and Heck patience yeah. and all of these other things and like really know your why and all of those things? Oh, my gosh. Yes. So it's not easy in that regard. But the concepts are relatively simple.
1: Right. I think the best way to sum it up, I was reading Jocko Willink's Extreme Ownership. And in the beginning, in the forward of the book, he's talking about the concepts of his leadership book. And he's like, they're simple, but it's not easy to execute. So it's like the, you don't need to overcomplicate your finances, but it is going to be difficult to stay consistent, to avoid all the distractions, because there's all sorts of ideas and things going on that will distract you from Sticking to your plan,
0: yeah, exactly. so so if you think that your finances need to be super complicated, we could go a whole lot of different ways, I think, with the way that people overcomplicate it either in their mind or in their strategy. It's just not necessary. The principles themselves are are really easy, especially as you start to really educate yourself. The steps are pretty simple, right. but it's more about the changes that you have to make to your habits, your behaviors, your mindset. That's the part that's hard, but none of it needs to be complicated. It should be so simple you should be able to literally explain your system to a fourth grader. Right? They comprehend it, you know. But the person who overcomplicates things, you know, I can put it into two buckets. Okay. So there's one person who maybe they just tell themselves that narrative: I'm not good at money. Money's super hard. Money's super complicated. So they almost they they quit before they get started.
1: Right. The language that you use, kind of dictates the results you're going to get
0: completely and if you start to have this like self-defeating mentality then you're just you're not going to ever be good with your money Mm -hmm. um so so that's one side of it is you just tell yourself it's so complicated that you convince yourself it's so and you don't get anywhere the other one is the person who says well it's just gotta be complicated but let me try to figure it out And they put together this spider web of spreadsheets and or envelope systems or whatever nonsense, and they overthink and overanalyze and pull all these numbers together, and then they can hardly even explain it to themselves.
1: Yeah. So definitely figuring out how to simplify your finances, because the, the simple concepts, the ones that you probably are, that you've balked at in the past, like the idea of a debt snowball sounds a little too simple to pay off debt with a debt snowball. It just seems too easy. It needs to be more complicated. Sometimes we look at the simple solution and we just think to ourselves, it really can't be that simple. It has to be something way more complicated to get me out of the situation that I'm in to actually see success with my finances. And it really isn't true. So if you tend to overcomplicate things, just realize that you need to simplify your system because things that are overly complicated are going to get done. A simple system is easy to use. You're actually going to be involved with your finances if it's simple and easy to understand. Otherwise, it's just not going to make any sense and you're probably just not going to make any forward progress.
0: Yeah, it can be really easy. And in fact, Easy oftentimes means that you'll actually do what you need to do.
1: Exactly. And if, if it's too complicated and you don't understand it, you probably should just stay away from it.
0: It's definitely true in investments. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand the investment, why are you there?
1: Right. It's not sound. Yeah. Our next common money mistake that people make, which is they are looking for the best solution to their problems.
0: Yeah. And they're looking for unicorns. Uh-huh. And they want to know what what's the absolute best way I can get out of debt. That usually, in a lot of people's minds, that means least amount of effort, least amount of money, fastest, et cetera. And sometimes, you know, those things are good, but it can also lead us on a wild goose chase looking for things that don't exist.
1: Well, I see the problem with looking for the best is that there can be decision paralysis. So one area that I think of in particular, not debts, how to pay off your debt, but is what's the best savings account? I should open up a savings account, but I want the one that has the best promotion period, the highest interest rate. Can I can make the most transactions with? And I mean, it literally the unicorn of all of them. And you'll somebody will spend six months
0: putting it off, yeah, because yeah. they're analyzing everything. Right?
1: Yeah, th- that's exactly right. They're they're studying or they're doing research for six months, but what they're really doing is putting it off for six months and not saving at all. And they could be six months ahead, and you'd be better off just. Taking the action, you know, taking that first step, waiting to get started thing. Like if you just take an action and started saving six months ago, you'd be better off than the person who found the best savings account, even if you just put it underneath your mattress, which I don't recommend, but you'd still be better off than the person who didn't save it all.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think the savings account is a great example here for people who get into this analysis paralysis. Yes. And the funny thing too, for that in particular, is that how much you're earning on your savings account is small potatoes. Like you should just not be super chasing it. Now, should you have a high yield savings account? Absolutely. frickin But you should not be chasing like 0.02% of an interest rate. You have bigger fish to fry. Right. So that's what I think really bothers me about that too is not only are you delaying the game by looking for this unicorn, but you're also paying attention to pennies, you know, and it's just like Come on, that's that's not really what matters here. You know, you're not getting rich on your emergency fund, guys.
1: Oh my gosh. I that as soon as you said pennies, I think about like when people are trying to pinch pennies when they're just like siphoning dollars. We're always trying to save little dollars here and there. Let me save on my Starbucks, let me like clip coupons. But you can really look at three major categories in your life to save even more money. Your house, your car. And eating out.
0: Well, there's a term for this. It's called being penny wise and pound foolish.
1: OK, there it is.
0: And that's really sums up kind of what you're saying is like paying attention to the small details when you should be looking at the, the bigger, more impactful things in your life.
1: Right. If you can yeah. reduce your, your rent or your mortgage by 10 percent because you moved into a smaller place, that can make a bigger impact.
0: Really, the thing is here is there is no such thing as the best. I think the other best thing that people get caught looking for is the budgeting app the best one that you are going to use is the one that you're going to actually stick to and use. Right. That's just it. The one that you keep
1: coming back to. Yeah,
0: it doesn't matter as long as you just keep using it. Our point here really is that if you start looking for unicorns, you're just going to keep delaying the game and keep getting more and more behind. So just try to make the best choice that you can. Give yourself time limits on making decisions. Uh I think that's really helpful. And just don't overthink things.
1: Right. And I think... One thing I would say is that you will learn as you keep going here. And, and you can
0: improve. And
1: you can improve. So your first decision that you make is probably not going to be the best decision. But after a while, as you start to learn more, as you do more, you're going to realize, okay, I can adjust and make improvements.
0: Exactly. None of this is set in stone, you little right. perfectionist. <laughs> like, it's fine.
1: Well, that that's me. I, I <laughs> if There's one person who can't do things and like be okay with them having any mistakes it's me and i'm learning how to be better about that in my life but future you's gonna know so much more than the current you now but it's because you took action and made a couple of messy mistakes along the way that you can actually improve and know more
0: and again those little mistakes aren't even gonna be like for the most part they're not even gonna be that big of a deal Mm -hmm. you're wasting your time just keep going and improve as you can and as you get better as you learn more just keep improving and growing but don't let your obsession with perfection and finding the best keep you from starting to grow. Exactly. So what's the next one?
1: So the next common mistake that we see people make is having a lack of priorities when it comes to what they're doing with their money.
0: Gosh, these all speak so well to each other. Well,
1: they definitely interweave together.
0: <laughs> they really do. But at the same time, they're still separate problems. Yeah. And so this one
1: What does this look like? Let's kind of describe what a lack of priorities looks like before we get into it too much.
0: Yeah. So how I always like to describe this one is the person who is just putting their money towards everything all at once. Uh Uh-huh. So when it comes specifically to your personal finances, you are trying to do it all at the same time.
1: So what does that mean, fill that out for us?
0: So it means that you're trying to pay off debt while you're saving an emergency fund, while you're investing in your retirement, while you're, while you're, while you're, while you're.
1: And why is that such a problem?
0: It just dilutes your efforts. Okay. It dilutes your efforts like crazy. So like what I would like to say is like you've got 10 buckets, right? And you're trying to fill up all these buckets with water. Well, when you take this approach of not prioritizing things and being able to focus on one, quote-unquote, bucket at a time, then you're just literally putting a little bit of water in each one and none of them get full in any type of rewarding amount of timeline. So you're just slowly, slowly, slowly making progress as opposed to just being able to step back and say, well, which bucket do I need? What's the most important? Whether it's based off of financial um, advice or your own just like personal needs, but what's the most important thing? Okay, great. Priority one, fill that bucket. Priority two, fill that bucket. Like you just need to move through it very methodically. And not only is that going to make you more effective, but it's just going to feel better because you're actually going to see progress and be checking things off your to-do list.
1: Exactly. So imagine at the end of every month you have $200 left over and you can do whatever you want with this $200 and you got all the things that Rebecca says and you split it evenly amongst paying off debt, investing, saving, building an emergency fund. It's going to take a long time to do any of those things. But if you start to focus that in one area, you're going to just have a lot more success. You're going to hit one goal and then be able to say that's done and move on and go to the next. Goal.
0: I mean, it's why the snowball is so effective. for right. So many people is because you actually get to see that momentum and build off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also why we say that it is this is unpopular among among a lot of people. But we say that, that it is better to pay off your debt before you get really intense about investing. Because it frees up your cash flow to stop going into that debt bucket. Right. So it's, it's all about understanding. You need to know why. You need the education behind it, right? You you know, you should get some advice here, okay? And understand, like, there is a series of events. But trying to do it all at once is just a recipe for burnout. Is probably the best word for it.
1: Definitely. Burnout is the right word for it. Because you're trying super hard. And you're getting nowhere and you're going to be trying a lot longer to see any progress. Again, if you focus on one activity, you get there faster than if you're focusing on five activities at the same time.
0: And like we were saying earlier that, you know, you need to build that momentum over time. Well, the opposite of that is things take so long for you to really see that progress that you get demotivated and you quit.
1: Yeah. And I like to think about it like this is if you don't have any priorities, you're saying that nothing is actually important to you at all. You're just doing things because you think you should do them, not because they're really important to you. By actually saying, this is my priority right now, today, I need to make sure that I pay off my debt so I can start investing even more money tomorrow, you're prioritizing it and you're actually going to take action on it, opposed to just being like, yeah, that's probably something I should do. You're really like, without priorities, nothing's actually important to you.
0: Yeah. So to overcome this one, not being able to set priorities within your financial plan, within your strategy, there are a couple of things that you can do. First thing is you need to educate yourself or work with someone like us who can help tell you and give you those shortcuts to say, hey, this is the order of events here. This is what you need to do to get yourself in a good financial position. But there has to be some sort of education. So you can read the books that we recommend. You can work with us. There's so many ways you can do it. But you need to have an education so that you have a baseline of Understanding why you're going to make the priority calls that you're going to make. So, educate yourself and then really do a deep dive and say, okay, how can I set these priorities and what actions do I need to actually take? And I think that where this gets really challenging is when you're part of a couple.
1: Yes, because now you have two people and they can have one or a combination of all of these common problems. And then you're going to come together and you got to figure out finances together.
0: Yeah. And so one of the biggest things that I work with couples on is this priorities conversation, even Mm -hmm. just kind of bridging these two together, saying, well, Sue really thinks that you, you need to buy a new car sooner because she doesn't feel comfortable in her vehicle, right? She feels like it's dangerous for her to drive, that sort of thing. But Bill says that He would rather take that money and, you know, just do something completely different, right? So how do you as a couple set priorities together and then work towards them, especially when they are the things that are outside of the traditional steps for financial freedom? And it's more just the life stuff that you have to deal with and you have to prioritize. So how does that weave into it, right? That's where it gets really interesting.
1: I think definitely looking at it as a couple, if you have a lack of priorities, it's just going to be a lot harder to work together. And really where this, the biggest problem for couples, I think stems from the lack of communication when it comes to their personal finances, because I have my own set of ideas. You have your own set of ideas. And we're assuming that the other person knows what's going on.
0: Yeah. I mean, how often do we think, at least I do this all the time, I think that other people think like me. And that's just so silly, but we
1: all do it. A great example was making a grilled cheese today. I put the butter onto the skillet and then rub the bread into the butter, and that's how I get the butter onto the bread. But Rebecca likes to melt. You the gotta butter. melt
0: that butter first, and then you gotta smear the butter so I, directly on the
1: bread. So we had this conversation about how you know both of us do it wrong in the other person's <laughs> <not my> eyes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so then you add emotionally charged finances to it, and and it's just this whole thing, right? So that so this is the last challenge that we're gonna talk about today is the, the challenge of working together as a couple and being able to respect the fact that you both have completely different backgrounds, money, stories, experiences, fears, concerns, thoughts, et cetera. Hopefully you share a lot of values, but when it comes to your finances, it doesn't mean you, even if you share the values, doesn't mean you make the same decisions or whatever. So you need to master the ability to communicate with one another about this challenging topic and come to resolutions and make a plan to build that life together.
1: Yes, and that's really the biggest and most important piece if you're in a relationship and you're trying to figure out your finances is to just start having conversations. The communication will open up so many doors about personal finances. How do you view money? Because some people view it as a security thing. Some people view it as a status thing. Some people feel like they got to hold on to every penny. Other people just spend money because because of their backgrounds.
0: Our backgrounds play such a huge role when it comes to how we use our money. I mean, your money story literally started as soon as your life started and you started to gain consciousness, you started to observe the way that money was used and viewed and whatnot around you, right? So that's been happening your entire life. And now the person who you're starting your life with or sharing your life with, they are bringing this whole other lifetime of experiences to the table. So how do you bring that together?
1: Right. And it's it's really is just starting to have the conversation and be open and accepting and not trying to tell someone that they're wrong, but figuring out how you can work together.
0: Exactly. Working towards the same goals together. That's the thing is the communication is fantastic, but you can talk about it until you're blue in the face. And it won't matter if you're not actually looking at things from the same point of view of wanting them to get better. You have shared goals. You have shared initiatives. I mean, the communication is where you start, but how do you go in the same direction with that person with your finances?
1: Yes. If you're in a relationship and you're trying to build a life together, then you're a team. And working together as a team makes the financial journey that much easier when you are focused, when you've prioritized the same goals and you're trying to do the same things, you get there faster. There's a African proverb, if you want to go fast, well, I just, I'm going to contradict myself, but hear me out here. Uh, If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And when it comes to your financial journey and being a couple, you want to go far. You want to continue the relationship and you want to Build wealth together.
0: There is something there, though, with that little contradiction. I mean, I think people feel as though taking the time to unearth these challenges and really understand each other more on a deeper level, like, that just takes too much time, you know, especially to really logical thinkers that can seem like just utter nonsense. But it's time well invested because once you do start to work together, you will go faster. Totally. And you will go farther.
1: Yes. And- all of the couples that I've coached, they want to work together as a team, but they're doing silly things like Venmoing each other money back and forth. They're keeping tabs on how much the other person spends versus the other person, which is really contradictory to like a team game of working towards the same goals. It's like, it doesn't matter if I paid for dinner, if you paid for dinner, if we're also trying to pay off the mortgage together, it just doesn't matter who who paid for what, as I long think- as we're hitting the... Our marks too.
0: Yeah, I think it just gets really confusing for people. Everybody has different approaches to their lifestyles and how they are cohabitating with each other or not. And they hopefully are doing the right thing that if you're not legally married, not combining their finances. Yeah, we aren't
1: telling you to combine finances if you aren't married. Yeah.
0: And so you don't want to do that. But then how do you work together as a couple who is trying to improve their life together, but they're just not ready for that step yet? But the point really is, is to. Learn how to start having these communications, how to set priorities together, how to take those first steps together, and to work towards a shared goal. Because there are more and more studies coming out now, or maybe more so surveys, I suppose, that couples who work together with their finances, who go through this process and figure out how they can work together in their own unique way, they do have higher net worths. They are building wealth at a higher rate than people who even just simply cohabitate. Right. So if you're living with a significant other, but you're still playing that independent financial game together, your net worth is going to be less than if you were to work together.
1: Well, and to come back to my original point about when I've started working with couples, when they decide that they want to work together as a team, not only do they start seeing success faster, but it reduces a lot of stress around money. A lot of like tension between the couple because all of a sudden little things like, hey, why are you spending so much at the grocery store becomes a conversation of, oh, I understand
0: what's going on,
1: what's going on. And you're doing your very best, but I'm not I'm not penny pinching you for spending a little bit extra because we're actually having a conversation and there's no assuming anymore that someone's trying to like take a little extra money or whatever, whatever visible stories are going on in someone's head.
0: Yeah, there's an actual dialogue and shared initiatives. You know, you agree on the budget together. You're working towards those things together. So if you struggle with this challenge of figuring out how to get on the same page with your significant other when it comes to your finances, you have money fights a lot or you just don't want to have money fights. And, you know, in the future, that was where we were at. We were kind of at that point in our relationship. We had just gotten engaged. And that was when we decided that we wanted to get serious about our money because we didn't want to fight about it. Yeah, We, we
1: knew that. If we could manage the money properly, that was one thing that wouldn't stress our relationship. And that's where this journey started. And you can hear more about that in episode one.
0: Yeah. So check that out. But like we're saying, so if you're wanting to come together as a couple, highly recommend just really listening to this episode together, seeing what the challenges are that you think that both of you maybe struggle with and just having a dialogue about it. That's the best place to start. And those are all the challenges that we we have to talk to you about today. We really put this through the lens of focusing more on the personal side of the personal finances, less so on the specific money details as they are, because really, it all starts with you, your money mindset, and your daily habits and behaviors.
1: Yeah, so a quick recap of all the common money challenges that we talked about today is that we see most of our clients and most people facing with their finances are waiting to get started, overcomplicating their finances, looking for the best solution lack of priorities when it comes to their financial decisions, and finally, if you're in a couple, not working together as a team. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to support us, please like and subscribe this podcast. And if you found this episode useful, send it to a friend. One of the best ways to get started on your financial journey and to start seeing immediate progress is to be good at budgeting and managing your cash flow. If you need help with that, we have a course that will walk you step-by-step through how to be a master of budgeting and cash flow. Check that out in the show notes. And if you'd like any help overcoming the challenges that we talked about today and not having to deal with trying to figure this out on your own and the headache of making mistakes along the way, then you can work with us one-on-one. You can learn more about our coaching program at radcoaches.com and just see how we can help you overcome your financial challenges and start building wealth today.
0: So until next time, I'm Rebecca Brooks. And
1: I'm Dylan Pollock and, and we're, we're rad coaches. coaches. That's going on
0: the outro. Let's <laughs> <That's> totally stay. <laughs>